0: The Grandmother Stories Seeking Light in Dark Times Hello, I'm Catherine Matheson. Writer, grandmother, crone, aspiring wise woman. I've walked this earth through six decades and even the fools among us can see the situation in this world that our children will inherit is dire. This podcast is for my grandchildren to share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy I've managed to find even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose, just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights, Your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times. Episode 17, When Ancestral Memories Come and What to Do Next. Dear Grandchildren, Welcome to the third in a series of three episodes about ancestral memories. So far in this month of August 2023, we have explored how genetic memory works and how to find the internal keys to unlock your hidden ancestral memories. During this blue moon, the second full moon this month, we will look at how to apply this knowledge as it begins to surface. All this month, we've talked about how keen scientists are to understand the mechanisms behind genetic memory. In this episode, let's consider the findings from two specific studies. The first study is discussed in Scientific American magazine in 2013, in an article titled Fearful memories pass down to mouse descendants. Genetic imprint from traumatic experiences carries through at least two generations. Through the work of Kerry Ressler, a neurobiologist and psychiatrist at Emory University in Atlanta, Georgia. He and his colleague Brian Diaz trained mice to fear the smell of a chemical that smells like cherries and almonds. Now they did this by exposing them to the smell while giving them electric shocks. While not condoning the study, it is interesting to know that they discovered the offspring of those mice over the next two generations also became fearful when exposed to that smell, even without the electric shocks. 10 years after that study, scientists at Albert Einstein College of Medicine in New York have discovered a mechanism that may explain how this is possible, as reported in an article called Unraveling the Genetic Mechanisms Behind Long-Lasting Memories in the Brain in April 2023 by Neuroscience News. One of the researchers, Dr. Robert H. Singer, is a Chair of Anatomy and Structural Biology and Director of the Program in RNA Biology at Einstein. He said, quote, the ability to learn new information and store it for long periods is one of the brain's most remarkable features. We've made a startling discovery in mice regarding the molecular basis for making those long-term memories. They discovered the way the neurons in the brain accumulated certain types of protein cells as memories were formed. Now those protein cells seemed to disappear but when triggered, they would reappear. Dr. Singer suggests that making a strong memory is using the same feedback sort of loop that is used when we memorize a poem. To make a lasting memory, he says, requires that you read the poem repeatedly and each reading can be thought of as an intermittent stimulus that adds memory-building protein to the synapse. End quote. Both these studies used mice as their subjects. Science has yet to prove these results could be the same for humans. Until the day comes when the phenomenon of deeply held ancestral memories is proven, all we really have is the sense that it is real and that our own human experience that happens when we experience memories out of time. I believe this is what the ancients knew, how to hold knowledge and how to store it deep within their own brains as a specific kind of memory, a genetic memory, an ancestral memory. We can also see that along with the good parts of memory that bring deeply held knowledge, there can be fear. Fear of allowing these memories to come through may be just as deeply rooted as the memories themselves especially if they are memories unlike anything considered mainstream or acceptable in the society we live in today. Consider the witch trials of the Middle Ages. The fear that many of those who were persecuted must have felt must also have left an imprint. All that is asked of you is to not be surprised if you encounter some fear as you begin to access your ancestral memories. If it is important enough to you, then you will find your way through it. These memories found their way to you and it's up to you to decide what to do with them. Here is a story that shows how our ancient ancestors not only kept track of their ancestral memories, but created ways to add new memories to the old in order to keep them all together. Once, in the brilliant land, in the time of magic, long, long ago, a firekeeper called Brigide tended the sacred fire as the sound of singing and chanted swirled around her in the vast green space within the wood chant. She and two other fire keepers were standing near a long, shallow pit dug a short distance from the stone outcrop in the centre of the clearing. The woodchant was a place of ceremony and gathering, and it was ringed by giant oak trees set within a forest filled with oak and yew and hawthorn and hazel trees. This was the final day of a ten-night, ten-day-long working, and the sacred fire was in place to honour the keepers and the ancestors through the singing of the full remembering in its entirety. The sacred fire pit was filled with bright coals upon which were piled wood that had been blessed. The wood was mostly twigs and fallen branches gathered from the forest floor. Apart from the branches that kept the coals glowing, There were many carved wood figures and shapes and small bundles of wood woven into shapes using vines and willow branches which had been prepared for this event over several months leading up to the ceremony these small bundles shaped like birds and deer and dancing people were set on the coals of the fire one for each hour during the full remembering and during the full moon ceremony that would follow This full moon is dedicated to the telling of all of Brigid's people's ancestral memories. This is a -a once-in-a-generation event, during which the full remembering is being sung all the way through its total of 332 rounds. In addition, a new round for the current generation will be added and sung for the first time, which means that for the next 20 years, there will exist... 333 rounds in the full remembering. Brigid looked at the sky. The sun would set soon, and the new round would be begun as its last rays disappeared. The wood chant was filled with people. For each of the schools, nearly 300 students and every one of its 81 keepers were here. Over the nights and days of the working, they had taken turns in groups of 30 to 50, keeping the rounds going. They would sing alternately all together, and then some would take turns to sing the solo parts of the ancient song of wisdom and exploits that could be sung all the way back to the first song of the first keeper of their people. And over the last hours, the rest of them had been arriving until they were all here listening and waiting. The singing of the last of the existing rounds had been timed beautifully. There was a pause now, as the last word of the 332nd round was chanted and the last light of twilight turned into a deep indigo blue. Merlin stepped forward to stand next to the sacred fire. Dear ones, he said, with this remembering, we are weaving our most important magic. Using all we know of weaving earth magic into ever-evolving connections and patterns, we are now also setting patterns within our bodies to be repeated and passed along over vast spirals of time. He looked at Brigid. When she nodded, he turned back to address the students and the keepers. With the sacred fire that guards our ways and with every ancestor that walks our ways, let all who are here now hear the new round, the 333rd round of the full remembering as it will be sung now and into every remembering yet to come. The fire keepers were ready. They positioned a small platform of wood over the fire pit. The platform held a specific number of wooden shapes that fit together to form the ancient symbol representing all the knowledge of their people. It stood about nine feet or three meters high. As the platform kindled and began to burn away, a slow process designed to take the same time that it would take to sing this new round, Thirty-three of the keepers moved into position near the fire and then held their arms aloft as they began the opening verses. They sang and chanted and took turns singing solo parts over the next hours while the sky darkened and stars began to appear. And as the platform burned away, it was as if this was a kind of signal for the extraordinary magic roused by all the working of the past days and nights to begin vibrating with an answering hum. It was as if they could hear the vibration of the trees all around them, the ground beneath their feet, the beating heart of every person there. It was as if they were all standing within a clearing much, much larger than the chant, for they were surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of ancestors, all glowing brightly around them and stretching, it seemed, almost to infinity. Elementals rose, too, and stayed within the sheltering branches of the canopy rather than drifting into the clearing, and their light made the leaves glow deep and green. Sigils appeared above the keeper's heads, and for the ones singing this new round, there was a new colour added, a deep violet hue pulsed through the gold and blue and green marks. Then the fire caught the edges of the cymbal, and it began to burn. Again, the timing was perfect because the keepers had finished singing. Merlin's voice rang out. Behold our memories and keep them well, all who stand with us here tonight. As the flames take this knowledge and hold it now forever within themselves, let this knowledge be passed from us to all those who come behind. We bequeath this magic to those able to breathe it into being. We bequeath this knowing to those able to hold these light codes and read them, to read these light codes and to use them, to use these light codes and to bring this knowledge once again into the world. As the symbol burned and the smoke of its burning was carried to the sky, the full moon began to rise. All the hair on the back of Brigitte's neck stood up as the intermingling magic of earth and sky, tree and stone, wood and flame, fully connected with each person there. She felt the promise of the flame as it fastened on the words and the knowing. And she knew the fire magic had burned true, that from this moment forward all flames everywhere in her land would now reflect the knowledge that was given to it on this night there to be read and known again for those able to read them. Dear grandchildren, If you haven't guessed it yet, some of the stories within this podcast come from my ancestors. These are stories that come when I ask them to share their wisdom with me. It took me a long time to get over my fear to tell them to you. I hope you're able to get past your fears way before you are in your 60s. I hope it happens sooner for you, because finding ways to apply the knowledge of your ancestors for the highest good in the world is no small thing. If you've stayed with me through all three episodes of this series on ancestral memories, then you have some, and they wish to find their way out into the world. The first clue will be in how creative it makes you feel. You'll find yourself with a need to tell stories or to make art or to write books or to dance or to sing or to study the healing arts, some way to create beauty and harmony and healing in the world. You will need to find a way to let it out. And when you feel this way, you will know you are on the right path. You just need to get past the fear. Thank you for listening to episode 17 of The Grandmother Stories. See you soon. This podcast is for my grandchildren. To share my deepest secrets, the lessons I've learned, and the brilliant pieces of incredible joy that I've managed to find, even in my darkest hours. I'm sending this out to all of you, dear grandchildren, because I know you have come into this life with a purpose just like every single child on the planet today. It's easy to forget sometimes that your voice, your gifts, your insights and your presence in the world matters. The world needs your light because we are all seeking light in dark times.